I don't care about trying to enforce any beliefs on anyone. Those moments in mass where you're getting to like the big finish of the song and you can hear everyone's words and you can hear everyone working together, that magic, like I just want that all the time, but without it having to be forcing anyone a certain way. I just want everyone to believe in themselves and each other. Hello and welcome to Out Loud, and welcome to our first episode of 2021. Out Loud is a podcast by and for queer people of faith here in the South. Here we tell our stories of varied religious upbringings, messy coming outs, and the gift of community with one another. I'm your host, Greg Thompson, and the voice you just heard was Bliss Cortez. Bliss has lived in Nashville for over a decade, focusing on their passion of film and multimedia production, creative direction, local art spaces, and being the Nashville regional producer for The Moth. Most recently, Bliss started Bliss and the Trash Plants, a mutual aid organization that collects food donations and overstock from local gardens, farms, and businesses to build grocery and supply kits for straight, queer, or trans, black, indigenous people of color struggling with food, housing, and finances. Bliss was raised Mexican Catholic and is still loosely spiritual. They identify as Black Latinx, non-binary, poly, and queer, with the gender pronouns they, them. In our conversation, Bliss shares the quandary of never quite feeling like they belonged in church. And yet, we learn that it's the community service efforts of churches over the years that have inspired the work Bliss organizes today. Their faith lies less in the Catholicism they grew up in, and more so in the people. In a hope that, despite our individualism and fractured economic system, deep down, people want to help each other and make change happen. Before we jump into our conversation, a quick shout out to all of our supporters over on Patreon. We were so fortunate to have the financial support we needed in 2020 to continue bringing you new episodes of Out Loud. From purchasing equipment so that we could record safely from home, to bringing in new theme music and a wonderful new editor, the show has grown, all thanks to your support. If you like what you hear, consider becoming a member of the show on Patreon. Your contributions directly finance this show and the hard work it takes to make it. You can give for as little as $1 a month over at patreon.com slash outloudstories. And now, let's hear from Bliss Cortez. Thank you so much for um, for agreeing to come onto the show. I'm excited to chat with you, Bliss. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. I'm excited. So I want to get started with a question um, that I ask a lot of people. What did what did your religion um, kind of mean to you growing up? Ooh, um, a very good question. I was raised uh, Catholic and <laughs> definitely had that like. Catholic guilt on top of being Mexican. So there's just like, I feel like there was layers of it that like Mexican Catholic guilt, especially from my grandmother. She's very, very, very committed, very, if if there's anything going on, just pray. That's the solution to everything. Mm. But for me, religion felt like it was more so like having a community 
and taking care of each other and figuring out how to uh, thrive amongst each other. But it felt like the places that I went to weren't quite like that. What made you feel like you didn't belong in those spaces growing up? Hmm. I guess just more of the types of people that were in those spaces. It's mostly grandparents bringing their kids, bringing their kids' kids. You know, there's this beautiful history and tradition to it. But I don't have a lot of family connection. So it just felt like the ideals that I had didn't quite line up. And some of the things that people were focusing on, like the dress and how you stand and your posture and your like the way that you have to behave a certain way was something that really made me feel isolated because because uh, i'm neurodivergent so like i <laughs> i'm gonna fiddle with things i'm gonna look up the words to all the songs i'm gonna count the tiles i'm gonna be looking at the details of the you know the the people holding masks like i am here i'm present but i'm soaking in so many <laughs> things yeah. and i wasn't presenting myself the mm. way that i was supposed to did you continue to go to mass with your family as you grew up or did you kind of find your own your own way? Well, my mother she went to catholic school growing up. She would go to church like 3 times a week, you know. To her it didn't feel like it was being forced. To her it felt more like well, you're Catholic and that's what Catholics do. And, you know, she liked where she was. She liked her uniform. She liked being there. That was just part of who she is and her identity. So growing up, I would get frustrated because it felt like it was more of let's do this. We're doing this. That's it. Rather than like, this is why being Catholic is important to me, which I I have always respected but I would go with her, we, and we'd usually go every Sunday. And I also did, you know, Sunday school and um, got baptized. I did like catechism class, I remember. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I was doing all the things. Hearing you talk reminds me so much of the experience my sister had, where where she had a lot of the same questions that I think it sounds like you were asking then. It's just interesting how church can be a space of belonging if you're willing to accept everything, Mm -hmm. but then how quickly it doesn't feel like you belong the moment you start asking questions. And I guess I'm curious, were you able to find a sense of belonging somewhere else as you grew up? Hmm. I guess the easiest answer would be that my church became like seeking out other queer folks and finding Mm -hmm. that community instead. And finding those connections and seeing what magic can happen in in that and making projects and events happen. And so, you know, as I got older, it was like, well, maybe, maybe now this thing is going to be for bisexual folks because that's where I went next on my, like, on my journey of words. And, (laughs) And then I was like, well, 
you know, pansexual works. And, you know, maybe it doesn't fucking matter because now, okay, it'll be using queer. So maybe this place is just going to be for all queer folks. And, you know, that just kept changing and evolving over the years. And then when I started experiencing more harassment or more escalated harassment here in Nashville, Mm. a lot of the places I worked I was experiencing a lot of questionable behavior and flat out racist behavior. And, and I was feeling just so alone. So then at that point in time, I think that was maybe four or five years ago, I uh, started a group on Facebook and I was just like, all right, this is for all black and brown queer folks. Like I need a place where I can just be like, all right, this white person did this and then not have to explain why that's a problem. Yeah. And that was magical. And from there, I made so many amazing friends and connections. And, you know, I started getting more hope about living in Nashville and more opportunities happened. And, you know, there's some amazing things happening here. So all of that, (laughs) to answer your question, I, I guess my... I guess to put it simply, yeah, finding queer folks became my my church, my my focus, and that's um, it's been a huge impact. Where have you continued to find your people here and um, and what's continued to kind of encourage you? Like I said, I've been here a little over a decade, so I have mostly been working in a lot of um, art spaces here. And through all of that, like I love meeting new folks and I love finding uh, folks that want to bring change not just so much of like like-minded, but actually want to follow through and actually have that ambition and make that happen. Cause you know, you can talk to like 50 people in Nashville and only like two people actually want to do the thing. So, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm one of those people that is going to make that happen if you want to do something. So this project I've been working on uh, more publicly uh, in 2020. It's called Bliss in the Trash Plants. It is a mutual aid project where uh, I focus more on rescuing plants and um, gathering food from around um, the city and nearby places. And I put up little like forms, Google forms, and people can confirm if they, what kind of supplies that they need. And then I'll take everything that I've collected for the past like month or so. So about four or five weeks and I'll break everything down to create really sizable grocery kits. And folks will on the forms that I do, it's, it'll say like their names their pronouns, what type of, diet that they have and uh, allergens, how many people in the household, if there are any kids and 
then um, then I'll go through and take everything that has been donated. And so I'll go through like all the like vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free donations. And then I'll, you know, put those in those specific kits. So this project, the people that I work with and I source from are folks that I've worked with for years and years. I've seen them, I've seen them develop their process. I've seen them work on their projects with such enthusiasm and love working so hard to make sure things are accessible and just wanting to get that out to folks. And so those are the people that I immediately contacted. I was like, all right, looks like it's time. I feel like I've been preparing for the end of the world my entire life. So, you know, 2020, I was like, okay, you know, I was planning on trying to like check out a place outside of the US, maybe do a little traveling. But you know what, let me just pull out the end of the world binder. <laughs> let me just get this going. So I like got a hold of all those folks. And, um, and so I have farms that will set aside um, produce and I have folks that'll that'll bake goods and make some meals and portion them out folks that'll put together like little like little self-care kits like little face masks and 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 lotions and stuff like that and over the years it's been a like wonderful evolution of folks that I've been meeting over the years saving plants I, I found over the years like random places that just threw away like perfect plants so that's kind of where trash plants came from yeah i guess i guess that's something i'm curious about is like how did you know that there was this this that this existed and that there was a need for it yeah um well that goes back to that i like to talk to people and you know one of my jobs uh would talk about different like gigs that they had where they would see like events, get a bunch of plants and then they just get thrown away and they'd be like, I don't know. It hurts my heart. And, Mm. you know, just talking to people and it would get to a point where I'd be like, well, you know, let me know if there's something going bad, maybe I could take it and try to bring it back to life. And then from there I would bring these sad plants home and I would take care of them for a few weeks, a couple months. And then I would get a hold of a friend and be like, all right, I know your new feelings right now. The world's coming to an end for real, for real. Like it's not just in our heads. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not, you know, just systemic racism. It's also a global pandemic. And yeah. so I can't offer much, but here's this plant I brought back to life like take this and I hope this like brings you some joy and yeah I was just like I love this I love these little trash plants and so it started from that it was you know I was collecting plants and getting giving them out to friends and I started having friends be like look I know this friend of a friend who's really wanting to plant and I could send you a couple bucks to send it that way or do you need some soil I get you a bag of soil and bring that by and you know people wanted to help and I'm like yeah absolutely yeah. let me get you this plant friend get a little plant joy I love it and it it really started from that and meanwhile I was connecting to other people being like look I've been doing this and this and I really want to make this bigger because like like I said my parents by well by my mother she didn't have a lot of resources growing up and there's definitely uh, sometimes 
uh, many, many times that we were relying on the church to provide us food. And, you know, that was also another thing that made me really appreciative because I did see community in it because there were some of the places we went to, people were reaching out like that. And there were times where we had food because the church brought it. I remember one Christmas when I was little, like we didn't have a thing and we were able to have a little bit of a dinner because of donations. And I think I had got like a doll for Christmas because someone donated it. And, you know, I've survived on donations and it's amazing and very thankful. But I also know that people don't really know how to donate or donate in like um, a beneficial way. They're like, mm-hmm. here's a bunch of canned goods. Good yeah. luck to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so for me, I wanted to make sure that people had things that they could make either like a big meal or they could keep building upon like the stuff that was given to them and have multiple meals and actually having food be portioned for the amount of families. And a big thing that I noticed growing up and getting donations is, you know, folks would give you a bunch of random stuff and then you have to like kind of figure out a way and money to like go to the store to get stuff to make those things to go together. Yeah. And I know how stressful that was for my mom and myself on, uh, you know, keeping us fed. And so then I have an opportunity to see and and receive from all over. And then I can go disinfect everything, get everything portioned out and people have full meals, not just like a couple cans of some things and don't really know how to put it together. Well, and what's, What's so great about what you're doing is it sounds like it's meeting a need that perhaps churches in the area aren't meeting or just meeting the community where they are and you're seeing the need in that moment because that's what church does best. And it just sounds like you're you're sort of recreating some of that in a new context, which I think is awesome. I like that you put it that way. That <laughs> just made me like grin because... I feel like it's just been me trying to find the best parts of that church community and bringing it into more of a relatable thing. Because I know that a lot of groups that are helping folks do come out of churches. A lot of the folks are amazing, amazing beings, but you know, people, there are some folks that have negative and sometimes traumatic experiences with religion and I don't know I feel like I don't care about trying to enforce any beliefs on anyone if if you see me ranting on trash plants it's me saying (laughs) care about other people like if you want things to change then like check in with your community that's what I'm always ranting about and it's like that the the best parts of those moments in mass where you know you're getting to like the big finish of this song and you can hear everyone's words and you can hear everyone working together that magic like I just want that all the time but without Mm -hmm. it having to be forcing anyone a certain way I just want everyone to 
believe in themselves and each other. Where do you feel like you land as far as associating with religion today? Would you still call yourself Catholic or do you kind of see yourself as something else now? I feel like I do a combination because folks have asked me. I have said things more along the lines of, you know, I was raised Catholic and follow some of those core beliefs. You know, humans are so complex and can get so stuck in figuring out how to only better themselves or get lost in greed and that can get tangled up with religion. And that is not where I want to be. I want to be more, I want to bring more of the, the beautiful things, the reason why religion is, um, is so powerful. I want to focus more on that. I never want people to feel like as alone as I did growing up. So I guess I believe more in community and us in the world and existing. And a lot of those beliefs are based off of my Catholic upbringing. But I also do follow up by saying I was raised Catholic. So I do a little bit of both. (laughs) Do you have any like spiritual practices that you still rely on today? Do you do you fall use any of the prayers that you had growing up or does any of that still kind of inform you personally? I'm more of a feeling person, so I guess it's more trying to recreate those feelings of prayer. Uh, I've been doing a lot more um healing and spiritual groups uh with wonderful black and brown folks and being able to thanks to technology being able to connect a little bit more on that and actually have classes and just get to be and that's really uh it's been really helpful but yeah a lot of meditation working on with all my plants setting aside like intentional time to like check on people that was something i really liked with church is that you might end up just making a friend like you go through a prayer and you go to like shake the person's hand behind you and suddenly you might have a friend yeah I don't pray necessarily but like putting out those like thoughts and affirmations out in the world like I hope this person's doing well I hope this person like gets through this thing that they told me they're worried about and like sending up some like well wishes to my grandfather I've done that like my whole life because he passed when I was younger and just being like like sending out those like words and thoughts like out into the world I guess is how I do things yeah absolutely that's what I keep hearing and it might not seem like prayer but I think I think the most beautiful kind of prayer that I've come to understand over the years is that prayer that you don't even realize you're doing that kind of like all the time kind of praying and like the kind of work that you offer in the community, the kind of care that you offer to individuals one-on-one just through conversation like you've been talking, but also through working with these plants and then bringing them to someone. I mean, there's all this care wrapped up in that that is 
a form of prayer um, that I think is really beautiful. Yeah, I, um, I, uh, I really, I really love it, and I love yeah. rehoming plants too because, like, there's such a, I don't know, the accessibility of like having plants is not quite as there as you would think. You know, places have like very small plants for a lot of money and being able to give those to friends and say like, you know, no pressure. Like I found it in the trash and I did what I could. I put some love into it and I want to share that with you. And if it doesn't make it, you know, that's okay. Don't hold that against yourself. And, you know, you gave it that extra little bit of time and like, that's really meaningful. And that's a really beautiful thing to me. (laughs) Anything else about your journey or anything that we didn't get to talk about that you would like to share before you wrap up? If anyone needs community, I'm out here. Uh, I run a group for black and brown queer folks, obviously trans inclusive. I know that that shouldn't need to be said, but I making sure if uh, people need anything, nourishment in, in whether it's food, plants, let me know. I'm here yeah. and there's an amazing community here. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and thank you so much for um, for being this resource for others in our community. I know it has a, a profound impact on other people's lives. That makes me so happy to hear. I'm just, I'm glad I'm getting to do something I enjoy and people are feeling that. If you'd like to learn more about Bliss, and specifically Bliss and the Trash Plants, you can find them over on Instagram. Just follow the links in the show notes. And if you haven't already, make sure to hit subscribe or follow wherever you're listening to our show and leave us a rating or review. You'll get the latest episodes of Out Loud right when they drop, and you'll help others find our show too. And be sure to find us on social media at Out Loud Stories and sign up for our email newsletter where you'll find quotes from the show, announcements, and reflections from yours truly. You'll find all those links I just mentioned in the show notes. I'm your host, Greg Thompson. Our editor is Cariad Harmon. Our theme music is by J.P. Ruggieri, and we record from Nashville, Tennessee. Until next time, remember, friends, queer people have faith lives too. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Thanks for listening. Thank you.